0: Planned giving always needs to be part of your fundraising plan, and now more than ever. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjukavich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Michael Kenyon. Michael is the president and CEO of the National Association of Charitable Gift Planners. And Michael, thanks so much for being with us on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Your organization partnered with Marts and Lundy on a survey of nonprofits late in 2020, about what nonprofits are hearing from their donors about the prospects for planned giving. What'd you guys find out?
1: Well, we found out a lot. And one of the the areas that we found out was that donors are truly being very active in their estate planning and really looking at leaving their legacy in a more serious way and a more in-depth way, primarily caused because of the environment and circumstances of COVID-19.
0: And Michael, you know, that was kind of the anecdotal evidence we were receiving at the fundraising school as 2020 was going along, uh, you know, and there was more information about health and sadly, you know, numbers and statistics about people passing away uh, because of COVID-19. Would donors be more interested in their planned giving in terms of, you know, talking with nonprofits about their wills and, you know, their retirement plans and their insurance policies and including nonprofits as beneficiaries? What are some of the data points from the survey that, fundraisers need to know in that regard?
1: Well, I think we need to know that individuals are really thinking about what their legacy might be. And when they start to think about that, they start to open up to better conversations. And we can really get to donor-centric conversations about what it is that they really value and see as being important to them. And when we start to get to those, uh, to that level of conversation, then we can really start to look at what we may be able to do for them. And that's where gift planning really comes into play because it's not just a check. It's not just a bigger gift. It's really about what kind of impact can you have with these organizations that they love.
0: Nearly two thirds of the nonprofits in your survey said they were hearing from donors about the need to make a planned gift or to revise their planned gift. How does that compare with what you were seeing in previous years before the pandemic? Well, I
1: I don't have hard numbers to say whether it's a, you know, it was a 20% increase or a 30% increase, but there's no doubt that there uh, was increased responses to general marketing messages about interest in leaving a legacy. And then as individuals, it's a really interesting dynamic that happened, and I'm sure that's happened across major gift as well. This isolation has changed the way Fundraisers have been able to communicate and have relationship with their with their donors. Because now it's there's it's different. It's not I'm calling you, I'm visiting you specifically about something, and you have to fit that into your schedule of all of the other things that you're doing. Now you have the opportunity to reflect and have conversation, and people have found that they would take more time. So this has really changed the game for everyone in regards to opening up to, to gifts and we also know that gift, the role of the gift planner is very important because people change their plans later in life and they change their plans when they start to rethink or have major life, uh, life changes. By having that, this is where your gift planner really comes through and can help secure funding for your organization.
0: And not only did nearly two thirds of the nonprofits say that they were hearing from donors about planned giving, about half of the nonprofits said that um, you know, donors were interested in designating a nonprofit in their will, in their retirement plan, in their insurance policy. You know, Michael, before the pandemic, Gallup had conducted a survey that showed that just fewer than half of Americans even had a will, and of those, only about 20% were naming a nonprofit in that will. Uh, so it does seem your survey does seem to indicate this trend moving forward of more donors, maybe because of, or at least during the pandemic, being interested in making a planned gift to a nonprofit organization. Was that the reaction that you and Martin Lundy had as you started to see these data coming in?
1: That is. And, and, and the impact of understanding that all organizations are not the same and the, and the smaller organizations and the major gift officers need to make sure that they're opening up that conversation because people are more interested in uh, their estate planning. And when they're, that, when they're involved in that, the major gift officers need to hear those cues properly so that they can make sure that, uh, to take advantage or to have a deeper conversation with them
0: when that opens up. And again, nearly half of the nonprofits also reported that they heard from a donor who said, you know, I made that planned gift, but I don't want to wait till I pass away. I'd like to make that gift outright. It was high 40 percentage points that uh, donors were saying that, that nonprofits were saying they were hearing from donors in that regard. That seems to be a significant trend forward. And whether that was the stock market or other reasons, the pandemic, Michael, that's an important data point for fundraisers to be aware of.
1: Absolutely. And, and you're right. You you, pulled, you you talked about the two primary factors right there. Uh, one is COVID-19 has affected everyone, and, and they want to say, how can I make a difference now, right? Because they feel that immediacy of that, and, and moving and accelerating gifts forward, uh, annuities, different types of gifts, moving them forward really uh, has an ability for a donor to make a bigger impact with their organizations right away. That's been very common, and, uh, and, and it's important for that to have that conversation
0: and you've been talking about the importance of the conversation, Michael, and I really appreciate that. And, you know, when we teach for the fundraising school, many fundraisers are hesitant to ever talk with donors about plant giving, because, you know, inherent in that is that someday the donor will pass away for those gifts that happen uh, at the point of demise. Uh, and of course, we've also heard during the pandemic, people saying, well, gee, you know, the health and the death statistics are in the news all the time. How do I bring this up with my donor? What advice do you have for fundraisers who might be hesitant to talk about plant giving overall, but especially now when there's so much health and death in the news because of COVID-19?
1: Yeah, that, that very thought of that hesitation was really prevalent early in the second quarter in that March to June period of time with a lot of programs that were doing gift planning that were saying, oh, wait, but we should not market. We just don't want to talk about that. Uh, maybe we need to just pause, right? Because it's too sensitive. People are, it's just difficult to do. And what we found is that the donors were much more receptive about that conversation than than we originally anticipated. And so uh, marketing picked up quickly. Responses then picked up quickly. And it's important for major donors to, or for major gift officers to feel confident about that. Relax, ask, ask about the legacy. Have those conversations about how they're feeling about uh, everything around us with the environment, and you may find cues that open that up. Surely you'll find some folks that, that are shutting down. That's it's it's part of the process. But uh, there, it definitely we found that donors have been more receptive to it, and therefore gift officers should feel a little more confident walking into that. They've got some they've got some room there.
0: We've heard anecdotally again that charitable giving overall in 2020, fundraisers were surprised that donors were able to continue to donate, maybe even make a second gift or a special gift or an increased gift. And these data are showing uh, a similar trend now with empirical numbers of what is happening with planned giving related to the pandemic. Uh, Nearly 85% of the nonprofits in this survey said that the dollars that they were receiving either directly or promised for the future through plan giving were either the same or higher than the year before. So a lot of momentum behind plan giving. And again, you know, Michael, some people just they just really geek out on plan giving. They know all the details, all the IRS and state regulations and, you know, everything about trusts and annuities and things of that nature. This truly is a specialized area of fundraising And then again, there are other fundraisers who they have all of the responsibilities, annual fund, major gifts, special events, you know, comprehensive campaigns and so forth. And they think, wow, I can't dive deeply into those particulars of planned giving. So you know what, I'm just gonna leave it over to the side. For those folks who aren't those specialists, they're already being well served by your association. But for those folks who who might be hesitant because of all the details and particulars in mind, what advice do you have for them just overall for planned giving fundraising? Including what we now know because of the important learnings from this great survey.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's it's about asking those easy entry questions, asking about those. And I know fundraising school does a fantastic job on asking on those, those get providing that information. And other information is out there about asking those easy questions. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about uh, uh, leaving a beneficiary designation? It's a very simple process of which somebody can leave a percentage of their IRA to uh, charitable organizations, may leave it to multiple organizations. There's some very simple groundwork, open questions that you can ask that lead to those, and those are not complex. Those are not complex gifts, and they don't require that, you know, they're not a charitable lead trust or second generation this or that where you're getting all technical on that, but there's, you know, bequest giving, there's uh, qualified charitable distributions coming out of your IRAs of individuals that can do that as a tax-free. Uh, donation to organizations. There's some simple things. Now, there are some education pieces that major gift officers need to know. They need to know some of those basics. And Russell James talks about this all yeah. of the time, is that you know the, the, the wealth is not so much in cash, the wealth is in non-cash assets, whether that's in the market and securities, or whether it's in uh, closely held business stocks, and major gift officers really need to help ramp up their education so that they can hear those signals, learn those cues, not be experts at it. Because you can bring in a consultant, bring in an advisor. You can always look to leverage someone else to provide that technical knowledge. If but if you don't listen to those cues, you may be missing some possibilities for really larger gifts. And you had also talked about um, the the stock market is is is. Is really high and it's a very much an appreciated market. So there's some real uh, gift uh, advantages to giving charitable gifts right now with those appreciated assets and there's some things that Are pretty simple conversations you can start and if you find someone's interested in, then you can bring in the expertise to help discuss that to make that the best opportunity for the donor and your organization.
0: Michael Kenyon is the president and CEO of the National Association of Charitable Gift Planners. And Michael, where can people find out more information about the resources available from your association, including the results of this fascinating survey?
1: Right, you can go to our website at charitablegiftplanners.org as the best place to uh, get started there and you can move through there. And there's also maybe local councils in your areas uh, that you may, if your organization may be familiar with, that you can go to local meetings
0: charitablegiftplanners.org for the National Association of Charitable Gift Planners. And again, to amplify Michael's excellent advice, uh, a, a planned gift donor almost always, not always, but almost always, is somebody who's been a long time donor to your organization. So the key is, is just making this part of your regular communication with somebody who already is close to your nonprofit organization. And yes, there's a highly technical side that you can learn about. From Michael's organization by taking the planned giving course from the fundraising school, but if you even ventured into wills, insurance policies, and retirement plans, and be listed as a beneficiary, you'd be well ahead of the game in terms of incorporating planned giving into your overall fundraising plan. And this survey demonstrates now more than ever. Now at the fundraising school, we have our public courses. Uh, They're available in person in Indianapolis and also online, asynchronous meaning recorded, synchronous meaning live. And as 2021 evolves, we're gonna be looking for opportunities consistent with health and economic uh, developments to maybe branch out into a few other cities in the continental United States. In the meantime, you can apply for a crisis response scholarship that lowers the cost of registration by 50%. We have these free podcasts, quarterly webinars. We get together once a month on Fridays with the Fundraising School, just an online opportunity to hang out. All of that information is available at TFRS at your desk, located on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the Fundraising School. With Michael Kenyon, I'm Bill Standrakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the Fundraising School.